Hello, and welcome to the ARC Podcast. I'm Adam. And I'm Joy. Today we talked with Trisha Rhodes. She's the author of the NavPress book, The Wired Soul. And this book is about finding spiritual balance in a hyper-connected age. And I'm sure all of you listeners can relate to that, whether you have a smartphone or not, even having a telephone, and then our laptops and computers and iPods and all of those things give us immediate deadlines and make us feel like we have to be on 24-7. And Trisha, thankfully enough, talked to us about how there are spiritual disciplines that we can do to keep from having technology take over our lives. Yeah, we even got into a little bit of science about how technology and overuse can actually affect the wiring in your brain, hence the title Wired Soul. Mm -hmm. And uh, my personal favorite is that we got to talk a little bit about Pokemon Go, which is the craze that's sweeping the nation. Yes, so very relevant. We trust (laughs) you'll find it encouraging and very practical because Trisha doesn't just stay in the, oh no, technology's bad, which really is not her argument. It's really to say, how can we use technology as a good gift um, to honor God? So we hope you enjoy. Yeah, and uh, check out her book, The Wired Soul. You can find it at navpress.com or tyndale.com and enjoy the interview. Well, Trisha, we're uh, really excited to have you on our show today, uh, talking about your new book, Wired Soul, through NAV Press. And just to start things off, can you give us a little uh, information on your background and how you came to write this book? Okay, sure. Um, uh, Well, spiritual formation is my passion. I've um, written about it, teach on it. um, And I just noticed a few years ago that people were struggling more and more. They've always struggled with classic spiritual disciplines, but people seemed um, to find it harder and harder and almost impossible to engage in them. And then there was just this general sense of sort of angst that seemed to be in the air, in the environment. And so I began to look into it myself, saying, what's going on? I knew it had something to do with technology. The more I read, the more I um, researched it, the more I began to see that this had so much to do, um, you know, with what technology is doing to us. And I just began to think somebody's got to raise an alarm. I mean, educators were, politicians were, social scientists were, psychologists. Everybody was saying this is this is serious, but the church didn't seem to be saying much about it. So that's kind of what propelled me in that direction. Mm-hmm. So for you, was it more an observation of the culture around you, or did you notice some things in your personal life? Oh, definitely my personal life. I And I have established disciplines because I'm older. I've had decades to work on it, you know. Um, but I found myself in my quiet times just unable to focus, finding being distracted. I found myself at the end of the day realizing I hadn't really connected with the people that I was running into. It was more just a big blur when I got to the end of the day. And then just that sense of feeling uptight um, that wouldn't go away, and I couldn't figure out why. So, yeah, definitely it was my own experience as well. Mm. Were were any any of the uh, spiritual, like the classic spiritual disciplines, were any of them more challenging for you than than others, especially in light of like unplugging from from technology? I think just silence and solitude in, in specifically was the hardest one. I mean, I like solitude. I've grown to like it through the years. But um, 
as soon as I would get still, you know, my mind would go to a million things and I would be writing lists constantly. And um, so I would say, yeah, just getting to that place of stillness before God was probably the, is the thing that's been impacted the most. Sure. Now, Trisha, would you mind walking us through the structure of your book? You know, there's so much to say both about science and then the spiritual disciplines, which you could outline those as well. That'd be great. Um, so, yes, tell us what's in the book and why you chose to order it the way you did. So what I did was I took an ancient practice called Lectio Divina, which is just a way of connecting with God and His Word. But I used it more as a metaphor. So there's four parts to Lectio Divina. So, um, you know, the first part is reading. And so in Lectio, you read scripture. Well, I took the first part of the book and talked about reading in general and what's happened to our capacity to read. And I look at the science of what reading on the screen is doing to our brains and how it's impacting our ability to comprehend. So I look at that. Then I take you into some practices and some tools to say, well, then how can we learn you know, counterbalance these things. Um, the second part of Lectio is uh, prayer. And so, I mean, the, uh, I'm sorry, is meditation, is thinking. You think about what you've just read. So I take us into the practices of meditation. Um, what does it take to get still? So I have a really fun practice in there to help people get still. Uh, and then I teach just some basic meditation you know, and, and I get into the science. It's amazing what the science tells us meditation will do for us. Um, okay, so that, and that, then the third section is prayer, or ratio in, and it's really what I try to do in that chapter is, is look at what's happen, happening to our ability to really attend to the world, to attend to people, and saying, how are we bringing God into our technological lives, our digital lives? What role does he even have in the decisions we make about how much time we spend online, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. um, and then the final section is contemplatio or contemplation. And I just, that's where I really get into our life in community, our life uh, connecting with other people and how can we live God's love out in those things when we're so distracted uh, because of technology. So that's, and every book, every chapter has the science and then it has the spiritual side, and then it has practical tools. So when so when my parents told me that TV rots my brain, there there might be some scientific <laughs> evidence for that. You know, there is actually TV is we don't think of TV with you know technology, but it's actually one of the hardest because uh, you know it basically trains your brain to do nothing. Mm. That's really what, and so our brain just. So it's addictive in that way because it feels relaxing and everything, but it's actually training our brain for, like you said, you know, it it's kind of rots it a little bit. So it actually has a huge impact. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Trisha, you recently wrote an article called This Is Your Brain and Soul on technology. Um, one of the places it was posted was on the Disciple Maker blog. And um, can you walk us through some of the indicators that might say, actually, you are more addicted to technology than you think you are? Yes. Well, I think, you know, you have to ask some questions like, uh, for me, this is what began to, 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 you know, make me realize I actually have that addiction. Um, it's, you know, do you ever go online and find yourself an hour later having 
surf hyperlinks and really have nothing to show for it. I think we all do that. Mm -hmm. um, do you sit down to read a book and, and after you've read a few pages and then realize, I don't remember a thing I read? <laughs> or, or even worse, I, you know, two months later, read the same book and go, oh, I didn't even realize I already read this book. I mean, that's mm -hmm. an example. Um, do you feel like you absolutely have to pick up your phone and look at the pings and beeps and red numbers when it happens, no matter who you're with or what you're doing, you know? So, I mean, there's a lot of those kinds of questions. Those are just a few that I, I think for me, the, the answer was yes, yes, yes on all of those. Um, do you find it hard to even get, you can sit down to be with God and you can't even sit for five minutes because your mind is so, in so many places. Mm -hmm. Those are some of the kinds of questions I ask. Um, and since we're talking about your blog posts, I saw one recently where you talked about uh, the new Thing that's sweeping the nation, which is Pokemon Go, yeah. which I will confess that I, I am a player. Oh, good. But good. your your article did help me because I I did uh, think of, think more about balance and how I just constantly pulling my phone out of my pocket and checking it, even when people are talking to me. So it did it did make me step back a little and, and check it. So I think people should go uh, read that at your website just to to have some self reflection. And have you yeah. tried it? I think you said in the, the post that you hadn't tried it. I don't. You know, that's I was what I said in the post. I don't really like video games. It's probably <laughs> a generational thing. Yeah. But um, but I I have other digital you know downfalls. So they all have the same effect on the brain, which is what I talked about in the article. And my concern with Pokemon Go is it's just another way to keep us continually engaged. So it sounds like so much fun. Honestly, I could yeah. see myself playing that with my family because my grandkids especially, I could see us all doing that together. But again, it's all about how are we balancing and how are we counterbalancing the negative effects? Because whatever time you're spending on that is wiring your brain in a way that's, that's detrimental to your um, spiritual health and other things as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. So, Trisha, those detrimental things mm -hmm. to our soul, H how does technology affect our soul? Okay, so this is what the science says. Um, our engagement with technology, with the screen in general, whether it's the iPad, the smartphone, the computer, whatever, TV, um, it's it's wiring our brain in three ways. One is it's wiring it for perpetual motion. So, you know, when you're online, you're being trained to be constantly moving from this to this to this. There's hyperlinks, there's ads, there, and, or there's a noise that you know you got to go hear that and see what that is. And so our brains are, so that affects our ability to be quiet and to be still, because that's where when we sit down with God, we can't focus. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it really is robbing us of the capacity to focus. Um, it also is wiring our brains for shallow surface thinking because we're taught to skim. And our, our brain doesn't, you know, it's, it's this is the way the neurons in our brains work. They just, they're neural pathways. And the more we do one thing, the deeper those pathways get. And that really defines our behavior and our way of being in the world. So when we try to read a book that has some depth, we are, we're either bored, we don't even want to read it. We don't, we're not even drawn to it anymore because our brain is so used to skimming, salad, shallow. And God is transcendent and he is, you know, we spend our whole life, he says, I'm beyond knowing, but I want you to know everything about me. So how can we think deeply about God if we're trained for that? 
And then finally, just what we already talked about, the addictive, it's training us for addiction. At a very early age, I might say, um, the prefrontal cortex is where self-control is developed, and that doesn't develop till we're in our early 20s fully. So it's really developing this addictive thing. And I, this I feel the most because I use my smartphone in my quiet time, but I have to work constantly because if I hear it, no, I, I don't even have notifications on, but I, but I might glance over and see a red number or something, and I, I think, I got to look, I got to look, because that's the addictive nature of it. Mm-hmm. I've recognized that in my own life through text messaging. So for me, yes. I don't have social media. I rarely check my email. But it's the conversations that I'm having throughout the day that are most tempting for me. Yes. I'm wondering, Trisha, because... A lot of my friends, they don't live in this state, so I, I do like to stay connected, um, mm-hmm. but I have realized that it makes me anxious, it makes me a little bit on edge, it pulls me away from the present. Right. How would you say that, you know, texting is not all bad, but how do you quarantine it to where it's beneficial for both people? Yes. And I, I, I want to make it clear in the book, I love technology. The book is not a call to do away with technology. I've, people have given up certain things, and it surprised me because I haven't even given them up. <laughs> um, but I just am calling for balance. Text messaging, again, that's a generational thing, so I totally get that. For you, that's going to be a much bigger issue. And it comes down to two things, I would say. One is... How are you developing relationships with those people in other ways? It's great that we can connect quickly, but are you ever really taking the time to either pick up the phone or Skype or get together and really have in-depth conversations? So that's one thing. And the other is you just need to have some Sabbaths from the texting. So you say, yeah, I'm going to go a whole day. And I, I do a, I'm going to put it on my blog probably in the next few weeks, a five-day digital detox. Mm-hmm. And one of the days, it's t- detoxing from texting. And um, the, I did a run with a few people, and they said that was the, one of the hardest things to do without. Because you kind of need it for business and things like that, email too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I like that you call it detox, because I, <laughs> I, I can relate to that feeling of like even... If I decide to intentionally leave my phone at home when going out with my family, and, it, and there's like that initial time period where you can still feel like the pull of it, or like you reach in your pocket yes. and it's not there, or you feel like a phantom mm-hmm. vibration in your pocket, like yeah. Yeah. the phone's not there, but you, you swear you felt it. So I, I yeah. like that you call it a detox because it is like like a, a toxic thing sometimes. It's, yeah, it's like another limb. You know, one of the authors I read said it's like another limb to us, our, especially our smartphones. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Trisha, how would you suggest to our listeners, to your readers, um, to migrate away from being so dependent and even, you say, being mastered by, if you will, the technology and then using it to a healthy extent and then also practicing these spiritual disciplines? I think, you know, first of all, we just got into this technological revolution, and it's happened so fast. I mean, I, I've lived in both worlds in a sense. I'm a digital immigrant, as they say. And I think we have to really stop and look at it and think about it and be intentional about, you know what, I don't just have to go along with 
what is happening. I can make some decisions about this for my life. I can decide not to play Pokemon Go every day. <laughs> I can say I'm only going to play it on Saturdays, you know. But there's there's technology has all of this to offer us. It's kind of, you live in San Diego, you used to live in San Diego, so you'll understand this. San Diego, because we never have bad weather, it's constantly giving us things to do. And we, when it rains, we go crazy because we get to stay in and have an excuse to do nothing, right? Yeah. Technology is kind of the same way. It's giving us all this stuff constantly, and we feel this pressure to do it. And so I'd say, just make some decisions to say, I'm going to sit down and make some honest decisions about what I'm going to do and what I'm not going to do and when I'm going to do it. That's one side of it. The other side of it is the amazing thing is we can rewire our brains for focus, for spirituality, and we can do it with the classic spiritual disciplines. And so in the book, I update a lot of those disciplines, but I give you ways to do them. Um, and I, and I, the one scientist who's done the most on this, he's not a Christian, but he's studied prayer, he's studied meditation more than anybody else, and he says 12 minutes a day for two months will rewire your brain. And he's done this through brain scans. Mm -hmm. Now you have to keep it up. It doesn't rewire it permanently, but it will rewire it. You'll see a huge difference within two months. So, wow. I'm writing as you speak, Trisha. <laughs> Adam can see all my little notes. <laughs> I think I want to do that. I recently um, spent each morning, is for a week, 20 minutes, before I even got into my quiet time of just having pure worship of God. So just adoration, no requests, no confession. And I, that changed me. And that was just a week. You know, it yeah. made me more settled. It made me not feel urgent. And then also another practice I've been working on since I went on a missions trip, maybe a month and a half ago, is taking Sabbaths. So having, you know, every Saturday morning until noon, no technology, no any, no distractions. And I really realize that having a boundary to that time yes. is so healthy and even you know just those five hours sets me up for a much calmer grounded yeah. week and it really doesn't I mean it doesn't take that long to reorient your your mind and your heart right yeah I, I actually am just I'm preparing to I'm doing the Sunday message at our church and I'm it's on presence and my last point is, you know, to really press into presence, you got to press into absence. And mm. it, it makes such a huge difference to be able to be present to people in this chaotic world. Um, you have to have those times of pulling away. Well, that's so good, Trisha. Um, do you have anything else that you'd like to share with us? Anything you want our listeners to hear? Oh, um, well, you can tell I'm passionate about this, but... Um, you know, I wrote the book for really for three reasons. I want people to have hope. We, this sense of anxiety, we don't have to live with it. We can live with this. I think Christians, we need to be countercultural here, and people should be able to look at us and say, there's something different because we walk with that peace. So I want to give hope, uh, but I want to say take this seriously. We have to for ourselves, for our children, our grandchildren, we have to take this seriously. And then finally, I just want to give practical tools. So. And, and say, you know, we can turn this around and we can do it still using technology and as you mentioned, using it as our servant. Let it serve us as we serve Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really well said. You know, I, the be still and know that I am God was said, you know, thousands of years ago and 
it is ever ever more necessary today mm -hmm. and um, I just I've realized in my own life as I have made deliberate decisions set goals that yeah. there's so much more health you know because yes. the heart is healthy and when we are putting the Lord before all other things the rest of the urgency and the you know the anxiety really just goes away on its own it does it does yeah, yeah. Well, it's so wonderful to talk to you, Trisha. If our listeners wanted to learn more about you or keep up with your blog, where should they go? Yes, they should go to my, my blog and website. It's soulatrest, S-O-U-L-A-T-R-E-S-T dot com. Okay. Um, and there's lots of helps there. There's some videos. And I also post, you know, every week or so with whatever's going on, try to tie it into our souls and, and what's happening, Yeah. Sure. And we will uh, keep an eye out for that five-day digital detox. I'm excited. Yes, about. yes, I will be putting that up there. <laughs> I don't want people to detox from listening to our podcast, though, right. so we'll keep that. Right, do it, you know, yeah, put it out on a day when they can, you know, listen, <laughs> do it when you're not there. <laughs> yes, exactly, we'll use it to supplement this. Um, and Trisha, we just really appreciate you writing on such a relevant topic. Like you said, there are people in different spheres of influence speaking about this, but the church... Um, I, I think we can be forerunners in, in yes. culture as well. So we really appreciate you. It's, it's really a beneficial thing. Well, thank you. It's been been great to talk talk about it. Yes, yeah. Well, thank you. We'll be sure to um, share the podcast with people. And if you know anyone has not gotten the book, it's called The Wired Soul by Trisha Rhodes. You can pick it up anywhere books are sold. So thanks again, Trisha. We appreciate you. Thank you. Have a great day. You Thank too. You. Bye. Okay.